What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? I'm doing good. Happy New Year. This is Happy my, New Year. My sorry for two. 2024. Mm. You remember that song? Uh, no. Yeah, that I remember, flew right over my head. This is my sorry for 2004 by uh, American Idol winner, I think. Or yeah, winner uh, Ruben Stuttered. Uh, like, poor Ruben. Nope, he was, Sounds he was, like, made the, up. He was like the first or second winner ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor Ruben. He got overshadowed by Kelly Clarkson in terms of like the <laughs> early years of American Idol. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think still. Because Kelly Clarkson's still doing stuff. <laughs> so. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, we're also joined by Kyle Hilliard. How you doing, Kyle? Hello. I don't have a fun song reference. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I don't. I don't know American Idol. I never watched that show. <laughs> I watch it now. Now. Yeah, they got new hosts. Seems like you missed the boat on when to watch yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I watched it as a kid too, but then they rebooted the show like five years ago with. Uh, Lionel Richie, what? Luke Bryan, and Katy Perry as the hosts. Huh. And it's really good now. Who's the mean one in that group? Yeah. Like, who's None the of Simon? Them. None Wait, of them. What's the, you have to have a, like a hard ass. Yeah. No, it's like wholesome now. It's good. <laughs> gotta oh, have a rap. Why do I don't want to watch? Yeah, I was like, is no, Lionel it's Richie? really good. <laughs> like, is All Lionel right. Richie going off on people? Or? <laughs> it, they're very, they have a lot of great chemistry. And so it's just like you're watching a podcast sometimes. Like, they just <sighs> go off on tangents. And I'm like, this is what I wanted. Mm. All right. The potification of network TV. <laughs> of, network, of, oh, of reality television. You're talking about what they have for yeah. lunch before they critique someone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they do. They do. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a good time. Uh, anyways, I'm uh, also joined by our lovely podcast editor, the person who makes us sound great every week, the person who apparently was also on our last year's most anticipated games episode. Matt Storm, how you doing, Matt? Good. I'm happy to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks for joining us again. It's a good way to kick off the year. I feel like we've got the crew here. You know, everybody who works on this show, we're, we're starting off the year strong. Yeah, it's exciting also to be back and realize how many games are just coming out in January that I forgot about. Uh, and it'll yeah. only get worse because, like, I was like, oh, well, there's one game I want this month. And then looked at the list and went, no, there's like five. Oh, well. Ooh, yeah, I know, I know. I guess we're we're going to get it in, into that in just a second. But real quick, Matt, tell people what you do. Sure. So where, I, where they can find you. <laughs> so I'm, I some may say I do too many things. Uh, I included in those people who say it. Uh, I'm one of those people. <laughs> I, I've said that to you before. <laughs> Very often. Um, so I've been a podcast host and producer and editor for about 10 years. I've also been a DJ for 10 years. And uh, currently I am working on this very show, as you all know, as the audio editor for the podcast. And then I also host a few podcasts of my own. Um, the one that might be most interesting to folks who listen here is one that you mention all the time, Alex, and I'm grateful for is my video game podcast, Funny Games, that I host with the incredible Jeff Moonen. It's a broad topic-based discussion show. We recently had Marcus on to do a retrospective of Spider-Man and video games, which was a lot of fun. Um, we also do a sub-series in that feed called SideQuest that you've all done episodes yeah, for. those are fun. Which is a lot of fun. Kyle did one on Ocarina of Time. 
Yeah, I couldn't believe no one did Ocarina of Time. I was like, what? No one's done this yet? I mean, it turns is. out there's a lot of video games. Turns out yeah, there, there are yeah, a lot of them. Um, Alex did, I did one on City of Heroes. You sure did. And Marcus did one on Final Fantasy X. Yes, I have them all memorized. I don't always remember the episode numbers, but I do remember what people have done because I edit each and every one of those episodes. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, I recently did an episode on uh, Alan Wake 2. Uh, and the debut episode of SideQuest was Control, so it felt like kismet to come back to yeah. Remedy for that. And they're like these, they're like these bite-sized solo episodes where it's just a person gushing about one of their favorite games. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the internet tends to be pretty negative when it comes to video games. A shock, I know <laughs> that 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 the mass public tends to talk down on stuff. But like, I was getting annoyed that someone was critiquing a screenshot in the last P- Paper Mario when we hadn't seen gameplay yet, and I was like, "This is stupid. They're stupid. Like, they're critiquing <laughs> an image. This is dumb. I want to put positivity into the world." And that, and then playing Control, I was like, "I have to talk about this game somewhere. I'm going to create a whole new series just to do it." And uh, it's been fun. Yeah, I love. Like, I've had so many different folks podcasters i've had listeners of the show who don't even podcast do an episode like into their voice memo that i've edited and put out which is a lot of fun because those are the folks who like get the most passionate i think about games because they have no like yeah prior podcasting experience is always fun to they don't have that outlet yeah necessarily um but it's a, it's a great show i love doing it um and uh, yeah, really quick, uh, my other video game show is Reignite, which is a Bioware-themed podcast, at least for now. We did the entire Mass Effect franchise, and now we are diving into Dragon Age, for better or worse. Uh, Origins is rough. I love that game, but it oh, like some of it, it. Going back to it is tough. But uh, yeah, I can uh, see that. Frankie and I wanted to do a show where we put ourselves in the the shoes of the main character and discuss the mm-hmm. decisions we make. I mean, a lot of it was also an excuse to talk about the romance in Mass Effect because that's our favorite part. But uh, <laughs> but um, but also, I'm still bitter that as a male Shep, you can't romance Thane. It's stupid. It's just dumb. Um, but uh, but yeah, we love like critically looking at those decision trees and how to make choices and when you personalize it, how that affects your character. Um, and so that's been a lot of fun. And uh, we'll eventually do the new Mass Effect and Dragon Age if they ever come out? Question mark. But. Uh, that. I think I think they'll come out soon enough. I mean, this summer we're gonna see Dreadwolf allegedly. Yeah, well, yeah, we got a trailer allegedly. for the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> how long before you got? How long before y'all get to Anthem? Uh, uh, yeah, we're probably not gonna cover that one. Just uh, doesn't seem worth diving into. <laughs> Back in the day, before Game Informer, I hosted an Anthem podcast. Oh. Before, <laughs> so I had this thing where we would. One of our strategies was we would start like a new we did a lot of limited run shows and we would start them for like these live service games and it worked out really well i had like at one point in time i was hosting the number one apex podcast and it was getting like ten thousand downloads an episode <laughs> it was back before like working for a major outlet that those are like yeah. really big numbers yeah i mean yeah. even for a big outlet like yeah, yeah. an episode on some of our shows that's like, like awesome uh and so we had started just spinning out we we're like okay we got to strike gold again <laughs> and we did one for anthem called freelancer's guide it was me and my stepdad and it was awful we were like <laughs> it was once the game came out we we're like we have to do this podcast now <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> i think that's why you have to talk about anthem in a, in a bioware podcast that is like a crucial part of its history like you know for better or worse quality of the one game episode began, at least. like you have to like it, it has to be addressed it changes the trajectory of bioware you know <laughs> unde- undeniably true yeah, now that 
they put exosuits in everything now, right? That's true. That's yeah. Right. yeah, it's yeah. because of them. No, yeah, I mean, I think it's a Bioware podcast because we want to talk about storytelling in both series we've done as Bioware. But I imagine before going to another Bioware game, we'd do something like maybe the Fable series or Skyrim, oh, though that fun. would be way too big. Um, like, we want to talk about where you can games where you can put yourself in the character's shoes. And Anthem yeah. sort of lets you do that, but definitely not in the same way. But we have talked about other Bioware games before and done roundups and special like uh, ra- roundtables about like the Legendary Edition and things. So it's not out of the question that we do it, but uh, definitely not at the top of our list <laughs> to cover. That Anthem and the Sonic RPG, like right. neck and neck for will we cover them. Man, what a <laughs> recipe. That could have been incredible. Bioware and Sonic teaming up, and it was just awful. Oh, boy. Um, really quick, the last podcast that I do pretty regularly is called Screen Snark, which Marcus has also guessed on, which uh, during the strike, we did different things. But now that the strike is over, we cover the most recent things we've watched. So we bring a guest on and me and the host and a guest each take turns talking about the most recent thing we watched. We discuss it. And then we usually interview. There's the an guest. episode that y'all did on our on Game Informer's Spelunky documentary. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, it was the thing I had most watched most recently. And I really loved it and wanted to talk about it. Um because I've loved the documentaries that you guys have done here, and uh, it was worth shouting out as like its own little short film, I think. So definitely. Thank you. Yeah. But, um, and that's a fun show. It's mostly an excuse to make fart jokes for an hour while interviewing a guest, but, uh, but it's Perfect. really great. We, I do that with the incredible Rachel Quirky Shank. And yeah. And then I do like, I write articles for the Patreon for fun and games. I've been doing that this year. I, you know, the whole shebang. I, I just do too much. Uh, I, I don't like free time. It's my enemy. And so I combat it by yeah. doing more work. Well, lastly, be sure to go follow Matt on on social media, DJ underscore Stormageddon, uh, and keep up with all of their their work there. Um, well, it's time to dive in to GameInformer.com slash 2024, our video game release schedule that is constantly updated by Game Informer staff in chronological order. Um, so we're going to go from January through the end of the year. Talking about the biggest, the ones we're looking forward to most um, of those months. Of course, we're gonna. It's there's gonna be some months where there's nothing that's been announced yet, like as far as a firm release date. But then we can go through our our TBA list as well, which is if you're on the website, it's at the bottom of the calendar. But uh, let's dive in first. January 2024, finally here. I'm still not used to. Luckily, I don't have to really right 2024 much these days yeah, we're not going back to school and do the awkward <laughs> thing we're like i was first, at the dmv like, yesterday and that was the first time i was like oh okay yeah yeah 2024 you gotta train your hand yeah yeah um well kicking off the year i think the biggest one for me i mean to, we'll get to the big one but uh, i think the first early heavy hitter that i've played um is prince of Persia: the lost crown january 18th uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. I I grabbed a demo of it at uh, Ubisoft uh, Live during SGF last year and uh, was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we're getting a 2D side-scroller, Prince of Persia. I mean, I've played this before, but let me try it. And ended up coming away like super enthused. It's a really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. But are you, are you all excited for that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I think. I don't know if you've played it, Matt, but I'm I think I'm the only one in staff or a few to have not touched it at all. <laughs> and I've been jealous of like uh you and Kyle for having getting to play it. But I'm a huge Prince of Persia fan. I love Metroidvanias and action games. So everything I've seen of this game is it's just so up my alley. I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, I I played the first three hours and, and spoke with Ubisoft Montpellier quite a bit. And uh 
I mean, it, I love Prince of Persia. Sands of Time is one of my favorites. I, Marcus, I feel like we were talking about it recently where I was like, if I look at that generation, PS2, GameCube, Xbox, Prince of Persia Sands of Time might be in my top five. Like, I really, really love that game. And um, the thing that I was taken with playing through the first three hours of Lost Crown was I was like, it's like, this is kind of what I expected in a positive way. This feels very Metroid-y. Like, Metroid Dread is definitely, like, I can feel that in the game in a good way. And the combat's super fun. But the thing that I was, like, not expecting was, like, the story was pulling me in. Like, I'm I'm bummed that I had to stop playing uh, after three hours. because I And they left me in such a place where I was like, well, geez, I absolutely want to see what happens next. I, I'm surprised they even let me play up to this point. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything about the story. But um, I was, yeah, I... I I cannot wait. I, I do think that in 2024, it certainly is in danger of being that game at the end of the year that we're like, oh, right. Prince of Persia came out. But like, I, I, I'm confident that like that, that it will hit hard when it comes out. I think people are going to be, even people with high expectations, I think will be surprised by, by Lost Crown. Yeah. I, I am a diehard Prince of Persia fan. I love this, the original like trilogy of games and even the, the remake and everything. I've played those as well. Um, and I'm a huge Metroidvania fan, so like this has like hits all the notes for me. Uh, on Funny Games, we recently did a like a retrospective on the PS2, and even though it wasn't a PS2 exclusive, it was across all platforms at the time. That's like my n- number one PS2 game with a bullet was Sands of Time because I played it so much on that console specifically. Um, so even though it's multi-platform, to me it was like a PS2 game. And yeah, once they said this was going to be Metroidvania, like Dread was my favorite game of that year. I love the Metroid franchise, and so mixing those two things uh, is really exciting. Because also we haven't had a great Prince of... Like, Assassin's Creed has had all of this evolution and then return to form and all that stuff. And none of those games would exist without Prince of Persia, especially Sands of Time was kind of like the entrance to that. And so I'm excited that modern generations are going to get to play a good Prince of Persia game. Because every I haven't gotten to play it either, Marcus, so I'm with you. But uh, everything I've seen looks incredible, the art style. I am... It, in, in like you, Kyle, I know love Switch games. This seems like a Switch game to me. However, it looks like really graphically intense. And so I don't know if I'm going to get it on Switch just because I'm afraid it may not run well unless we get the Switch 2 this year. That's a whole other thing. But like uh, that might be a PlayStation game for me. But all in all, like it looks really good. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a stunner. It, okay. It, politely, like it was, I wasn't like, look at these visuals. <laughs> I, it could probably run on Switch pretty well. But yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Like, we'll see. You know, uh, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll 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 try it out first before we recommend one platform over another. I played it on PC and and had a fantastic time. That's where I played as well. Um, before we get to the Last of Us Part Two remastered, which drops on January 19th, the day after Prince of Persia, there's another game dropping January 18th uh, that I'm looking forward to. Turnip Boy robs a bank. <laughs> um, we, I, I think we did an NGT of some kind. Yeah, it was you and I, and yeah, I think Reeves, Ben Reeves. I think it was Reeves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Turnip Boy commits tax evasion, uh, which was a little um, uh, pixel art Legend of Zelda sort of uh, adventure game. Um, really fun game. I think it's like, uh, it's like really cheap too. Normally, I think yeah, and on not the Steam that sales like either. five dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I played it because of you, Alex, because you were really psyched for it. Yeah, I, I just like love those kind of irreverent twists. Um, yeah, and uh, the art was really good, uh, and it was just like funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Turnip Boy robs a bank, which um, 
I'm curious like how they're going to keep doing this, but I kind of <laughs> like like just okay. We've got these cool characters that are uh, you know. Let's let's try to like almost like turn this into a franchise, right? Like let's tell but, these like, little stories. Every game has to escalate the crime to like yeah, eventually yeah. It has to be turn a boy commits murder. Oh my god! Yeah, I think so. Because he's already got a gun. Uh, so, <laughs> that is true. Because so, he like, didn't have a gun last time. He had like a little. Uh, uh, I think he had like a little boomerang thing. Yeah. Well, that was just uh, tax evasion. You don't really need a gun for that. Yeah. Now <laughs> but, he's got guns. Yeah. Robbing a bank, you probably want a gun. Um, but let's do, uh, I guess last of us next. I'm looking at the, there's a, and stop me if there's, if there's releases that, uh, that, that I'm skipping over that you all are excited for. But I think last of us part two remastered, obviously going to be big PlayStation five, January 19th. Um, I'm actually going to play this because I never finished part two originally on PS4. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped like halfway through right when you switched to Abby. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so I missed that whole chunk of the game. Um, so I think I'm just going to restart and, uh, and and make my way through it. Yeah, Marcus, you played the new mode, right, didn't you? Yeah, uh, it's really fun. I, I have a whole preview up on the site, the uh, no return kind of roguelike mode. Because uh, I guess that's what Sony does now is add roguelites to their <laughs> successful first party games. I said I finished a God of War roguelike over break. Um, Same. And that, yeah. That's really good. Um, I mean, if it's if it's half as worth playing as Ragnarok or Valhalla is like, I will absolutely check in. I'm, But I'm guessing there's not a lot of story components like there were for Valhalla, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't have the narrative drive. Like it is more of an arcadey like, hey, just go in there and, and mess some things up. Like you get to play as previously non-playable characters. So if you're like, oh, I really like Lev, I'm, I get to play as them now. But like other than that, <laughs> it, it's not. It's just for funsies, basically. (laughs) Um, Last of Us is not a franchise where I I look at other characters and I'm like, I want to play as them. You know, it's not like it's not like some fantasy uh, franchise where I'm like, I want to try using their powers. It's like, no, they're just another. It's just another sad person with a gun. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I bet Tommy shoots a gun real well. Yeah, (laughs) he's extra sad. (laughs) That's really funny. But uh, maybe different characters have a different aim. And so. Their reticle size changes, maybe. I I, I I don't think I'm ready to replay that campaign, even th- what um, three years later, three years yeah, plus. Same. Um, it's great. I I love the Last of Us Part Two, but just even when I think back to everything that happened in that game, and also it's very long. <laughs> it's like I don't know if I, I don't think I've recharged that that battery yet. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'll probably yeah. pass on this for a while. Just play up until the rope level, the rope uh, puzzle. I mean, I would like to see the the rope stuff again. The rope on yeah. PS5 looks nice. yeah. and the glass breaking look real good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is when it was announced. It was one of those. It's like, oh yeah, that that was a PS4 game, wasn't it? it like yeah. it just felt like a PS5 game yeah. when it when it came out. Was was the PlayStation Five out at that point? Am I is my time? No. no, it was no. a few months away. Okay, so it was like the last sort of big PS4 game, I guess. Right, mm-hmm. but they did do a PS5 update. Yeah, to make it like it has like if you play it on PS5, it there are some enhancements. I don't remember what they did to it, oh, which okay. is why okay. some people kind of add an extra grumbling to like, why are they doing this remaster? <laughs> yeah, I didn't play uh, it until I had a PS5. Uh, I played it during the height of the pandemic, which was maybe not a great time to play it. Uh, it kind of the, the whole yeah. tail end of the game ruined me in the best way. Like it was really well done, but like 
but yeah, I'm with like I I can't imagine it's like the uh, Requiem for the F- Requiem of a Dream version of a game. Like I love that movie, Requiem for a Dream. We'll never watch it again. Like completely devastating movie, and this is the same thing. Like this game is incredible, but I cannot imagine playing it again. But I I do like the new mode. It sounds cool. Um, I kind of wish like if you owned it on PS4, there was like a DLC you could buy instead or a free upgrade instead of yeah, buying a, a whole well, game. There's something. It is there's a ten dollar upgrade. Oh, there is a ten dollar. Oh, cool. So right. that's, that's I'd say that's probably nice. worth it for yeah. like the roguelike mode and the other stuff like the director's commentary and whatever else they're doing to it. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think the roguelike mode's cool for like, cause I forgot how well that game played mm-hmm. until I played the preview. So I was like, Oh, this is a good excuse to just go in there and just <laughs> engage with the combat without crying every two <laughs> seconds through the story. <laughs> it's funny, Alex, I, I hope you're encouraged by the three of us being like, yeah, that game uh, hurts too much to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to play it again yet. You got to give me a few more years. So yeah, well, I'm excited I, for you to, to revisit it. Was, it was very, <laughs> It was really heavy because it came oh, out yeah. in like June 2020. Yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah. And I was just like, this is a lot. Um, yes. No, absolutely. And, yeah. And one of my, I mean, I'm not going to say who, but one of my favorite characters got killed. Uh, not like uh, it was like a side character. Um, and at that point, I was like, okay, I'm putting the controller down. Um, and, well, it only uh, gets worse after yeah, that point. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah, get better. Yeah. That's for sure. Good luck. More devastating. <laughs> Yeah. But truly, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I, one of the best stories in video games. Period. I know people have a weird relationship with The Last of Us Part Two, but I, I can't imagine any other game that I've been moved by as much. Like truly, like I, it's incredible what they pulled off in that game. And I know people concentrate on a few story elements that happy happen early that they just didn't like, and I just think you have to zoom out and take it for the whole piece and see what they were trying to accomplish and what they, what they did accomplish, uh, which was frankly incredible. Yeah. I, th- I wonder also if this release early in January is to capitalize on the success of the TV show and like, Oh, you want to see what season two is going to be about? Well, you can play the game. It pretty much follows up. Like I, I assume there may be some crossover there too. people who maybe even didn't play the first one. were like, Oh, well, I'll pick up the second one since I watched the show or something. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. That's smart. Well, uh, let's move on to later in January. Uh, Apollo Justice Ace Eternity Trilogy coming out January 25th. Um, and then Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth coming yeah. out January 26th. I know everybody here is excited for that. Yeah. Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his name, the longest title in the existence of video games, was in my top 10 of last year. It was just... It's weird to say last year. I feel like, is it really January? Um, <laughs> but like... I like. As someone like the opposite of Kyle, I'm so, first of all, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I hope you play more of the games. Um, but the opposite end of Kyle, where I've played all of the games kind of in a row. Oh, sure. And yeah. so, like, getting to the end of that game ap- without spoiling it absolutely ruined me emotionally. Like, it was such a good ending. And so, like, now I, j- I just can't wait for Infinite Wealth. I love this franchise. I think it's one of RGG has the best track record for video games. Like, even their worst game of the Yakuza games is still a really good game. And so, like, I just, I can't wait for Infinite Wealth. I I like the turn-based stuff. I'm a sucker for a brawler. But, like, I think if they've improved the system as much as they say they have, the, the, the first game... God, the naming and the order of these games is so confusing. Like, the first game of the RPGs... Uh, was good but pretty basic and so if they improve that a lot in the sequel I think it'll probably be my game of the year at the start of the year at this point because I love the first one of the yeah. RPGs so much 
Yeah, I remember playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, the seventh game. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had never played another one because I, I was like, okay, this is my time. I can get in. Uh, and I remember like five hours in and I was like crying, which I, I am not a crier in video games. Yeah. I cry at movies occasionally, but like eh, it was just like such a heartfelt uh, moment, like just like five hours into this game. I'm like, what the hell? What's happening? <laughs> uh, and like that just kind of hooked me. I was like, I really love these characters. They feel really uh, human in the way they're written. Uh, and you just want to root for them. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's it's a good show. Or a good movie. Or, God, a good video game. Jeez. <laughs> oh my Almost gosh. there. Got yeah, it. I, I, I actually started playing Like a Dragon Gaiden yesterday. It was my last oh, sort of yeah. like break game to check out. I'm on chapter two right now. Uh, and it's funny because I was listening actually, Kyle, to the <clears throat> Min Max Awards. I, or I'm still listening to it. And I was not expecting um, the ending to be brought up at all for like best moment or whatever. So I actually had to skip past that because right. I was like hearing you and uh, Jacob Geller gush about it. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't. You guys are the first two I've heard bring it up as like a big thing. I was like, well, I don't want to yeah. hear that. I mean, I I, guess, no, but no spoilers for that segment of the Minmax show that you skipped. But I genuinely in the moment, just even talking about it, got choked up. Yeah. And that's the first Yakuza game that I've finished. If that says how impactful the end of yeah. that game is, yeah, and and you and also like the fact that this is your first Yakuza, like you don't, yeah, even that's have, like, exactly the, the history yeah. with Kiryu. That, I, I watched my you. wife play seven, and that's about the extent of my sort of understanding. I gave, I tried Yakuza Zero for like an hour, and I was like, this is a lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I like I'm probably in between, like I've played Zero and beat it, and like a dragon, but I haven't really played Yakuza one through six yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have found myself missing the turn-based combat, surprisingly, like going back to the brawler stuff, even though I played Zero and even I've played the Judgment stuff. Um, but I guess I, I guess I like that turn-based system a lot, where I was like, oh, I kind of wish this was just that a little bit. But I'm, I'm slowly getting back into it. But I, I'm liking what, like, it starts really strong. And I'm excited to, uh, to put some more time to it. Uh, I'm, like, trying to plow through it with infinite wealth so close. Yeah, I'm actually remembering right now uh that the steam sale is still going on yep <laughs> yeah but <a bunch laughs> it goes through tomorrow and uh i'm really quickly adding like a dragon i was playing it on xbox i think i just want to restart on my pc so i can play on my steam deck and Ooh. stuff like that they run really steam well on steam deck. Off, i have a friend huh? who plays them all on steam deck and he, okay, he loves yeah i know it's run. verified yeah okay cool that's good that, to know that is a significant sale <laughs> it's 11.99 for yeah for yeah. like a dragon yeah uh, on, on Steam Deck or nice. on, on on Steam rather, well, yeah. Steam Deck um, for me, yes. For <laughs> anyone who has yeah. a Steam Deck, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, same day. Wow, January already. It's it's going to be a lot. Uh, Tekken Eight also comes out January twenty sixth. Uh, Marcus, you excited for this one? I know oh, you're, yeah. you're our one of our big resident fighting game uh, fans at Game Informer. Yeah, Tekken is part of the fighting game Triforce for me with Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Of like, they're the, the they're my big three. Of like, I check them all out. I love them. I adore Tekken. I have not gotten to play eight at all, um, so I'm psyched to play it. And just it's more Tekken and just everything I've seen from like the story mode, which they Tekken Seven was their first attempt at doing sort of like the Nether Realm style story mode of like making it really cinematic. And I thought it was like a pretty good first start. And just hearing from Brian's preview, because he got to play a, a bit of it, how like 
over the top they're getting, even for Tekken standards. It, it sounds like so much fun in just like a super dumb way. Um, combined with like just the, um, I think the presentation looks great. I don't think that's been talked enough about this game, but like how good it looks just fidelity wise. And then I kind of like that they've scaled the roster back. Like it's 32 fighters at launch, um, which that's like, scaling back. Well, like Tekken <laughs> six in particular, had like a ton of characters. Up oh launch, yeah. But I, I oh, think wow. that can kind of dilute the package a little bit. I, oh. I kind of like it when you sort of like, cause 32 is still big, but it feels a little bit more focused uh and especially in terms of storytelling so i'm actually like down for that and i have my favorites in there so i'm i <laughs> for selfish reasons like well you you hit the ones that i like so i'm cool with this <laughs> uh but yeah i i'm excited and the fact that it comes out the same day as infinite wealth is like a big thing for me as someone excited for both of those games uh so yeah the 26 is uh gonna be eating good <laughs> yeah right. in the neighborhood it's an apple yeah we are uh, well, let's move on to uh, February, um, kicking off on, with Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, uh, which I know several folks are excited for. Is that is that an RPG or is that a fighting game? Yeah, is, is it okay. RPG? Right, so yeah, right. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is the fighting uh, part of that series. Yeah. This is okay. an RPG. Um, also, uh, One Punch Man World coming out February first. Are you excited for that, Kyle? No. Okay. To be yeah, frank, right. I mean, like, I know you I, did a. I know you did an NGT on it, so yeah. I sure I, that... the, just to quickly touch on it, like it looks, it looked great in trailers, and I was like, "Oh, this looks great! Like this looks like an awesome One Punch Man fighting game." And Marcus and I checked out the beginning, but it is like it is, it's a Genshin style free to play. Like it's, I'm good, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, the next day, February second, we got Persona Three Reload coming out. Which uh, I didn't realize up until the Game Awards how extensive uh, like those visual changes were. Oh yeah, it's uh, a full remake. I mean, it's a ground up remake, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was blown away. I I didn't realize that, and so that instantly shot up my list. I've been wanting to play a Persona game because I have only played four, and I didn't even beat it. But recently, I've been, and I know like Persona Five is like the one I need to play. But I think I'm gonna do Reload like. because I've heard such good things about Persona 3. Yeah, Reload. I mean, I, oh, sorry, Kyle. No, no, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I, I don't know Persona very well. It's it's one that I just... My wife is a huge fan, and I sort of see that. And I, I was... Reload might be my sort of entry point. Yeah. Uh, but I it, imagine you're, you're like a long-time fan. So I'm not actually a long-time fan. Funny story oh, is okay. like I, I, want, I tried Persona 5 regular on PS4 and was like, eh, this is fine. But like I, I feel like we have similarities, Kyle, in the set the fact that we're rpg fans and rpgs are meant to be handheld for some reason <laughs> something about them like yeah, it's yeah. not logical but when i got reload last november or uh uh royal rather too many r's when i got royal last november on switch i was like all right i'll give it another shot like friend of the show ken shepherd loves this series and so i was like i'll give it another shot he really loved this game and fell in love with it like the day-to-day stuff all of that was perfect for the switch pick up and play and it took me a year and a month but just last month, I finally finished Royal. I spent the whole week of break just mainlining the tail end of the game. And like, so now I'm super excited for Reload because not only is it a remake, but it's a ground up remake in the Royal engine. So like, it's the same engine they used for Persona 5, which I remember, I think it was Wes's new game new gameplay today showing the switch version and showing how well it ran and i went oh my god this looks amazing i've got to pick up the switch version and so like it gives me confidence that the reload will also run well because it's the same engine uh 
and I've heard that Persona 3 story-wise is one of the best in the series. I know a lot of folks who love it, so I'm really excited to jump into it. But like, I, I'm realizing only recently, Persona is like Final Fantasy in the fact that each game is a different story. And so like, I, I think Reload is going to bring a lot of folks in, and it's also considered one of the best in the franchise. So I'm really excited yeah. to, to play it. I mean, it's the game that... Like established Persona as it is now, because you yeah. know the first two were more or less just Shin Megami Tensei spinoffs, and then three kind of established its own identity that four and five kind of have run with. Uh, so in a way, it's kind of going to do what it did when it first came out of bringing people like or showing people like, hey, this is what Persona is and and why it's cool. And you know, regardless if you're a fan of Shin Megami Tensei or not, this is like you should you should pay attention to this. Because uh, it's doing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I'm excited to check it out eventually. I will say I will feel guilty playing it at launch when I've yet to play Persona 5, even though I tell myself every year <laughs> that this is going to be the year I'm going to play Persona 5 Royal. So I, I feel like I'm going to be playing it and be like, why am I not just playing Persona 5 Royal? It's the new I'm one. Getting... Play the new one that's technically the old one, but is the new one. You know? Do that. I Yeah, I guess. Look forward, I... sort of, and not backwards. <laughs> Look sideways, not backwards. <laughs> Yeah, some good Willy Wonka logic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I uh, that's another one I just wish listed while we were talking about it. <laughs> nice. Uh, super stoked for Persona Three Reload. I've been I've been wanting to play a a, a big RPG again, and uh, I think I think it's time. I think I'm ready. <laughs> uh, same day, Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League comes out. Uh, I'm I'm actually uh, I'm actually. Kind of excited to play this. I want to see Same. what what happens. I'm 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 curious. You know, I think uh, it's not gonna. I'm sure it's gonna have its quirks and not gonna be the best thing in the world. Maybe I do not like live service games. Right, like the destinies of the world, the remnants of the world. Just not my genre. But I love Rocksteady enough that I. I, I, this, like, if you put Suicide Squad and Persona in front of me, I'm going to play Suicide Squad just out of, a, like, pure curiosity. Like, after playing Spider-Man 2 this year, I, I talked about this on a previous episode, but, like, I went back and played Arkham Knight for a few hours, and I got the Arkham collection on Switch over the break, and I played, like, a few hours of Arkham City. And, like, I love those games and think they're, like, genuinely even separate of the license, like some of the best games ever, like some of my favorite combat, some of my favorite design. And like, just from that sort of legacy alone, and even and knowing that it takes place like in the Arkham universe is like enough for me to be like, all right, Rocksteady, I want to see what this thing is. Like, I've been so confused about it. It does feel like a directive from a uh, corporate to be like, you need to make this style of game. And my hope is that Rocksteady, you know, and this is me just making assumptions, right? I don't want to like claim that I know exactly why they made this game or anything like that. But my hope is like, yes, there is that sort of uh, monetized portion of the game. But what I but I want for what but I hope is also there is just a really strong single player story driven game with fun characters in a universe that I really love. From like some of the best designers, period. Honestly, in, in my opinion, like I think Rocksteady has made some of the best games ever. Period. So like I, I really want to see what that game is. But I'm also fully open to the fact that I could be like two or three hours into this game and be like, this isn't this isn't working for me. Like I recognize that that may absolutely happen. I don't mm -hmm. want it to, but it, I'm it, it could totally be yeah. the case. I, I'm with you. Like I really love the way that they 
tell stories uh, in in the Batman universe. And, you know, even just like watching some of those extended trailers, some of that extended gameplay they've shown off um, that like showed off the cutscenes and stuff like seeing the way that like they like the flash is like just like this really scary dude, like uh, in this version, like has me like I've been kind of like on the edge of my seat a little bit like, oh, what are they going to do? Um, and I think I also think the traversal looks fun. Yeah, game. it does. Um, yeah. I mean, it's got that crackdown vibe yeah. that it's going exactly for, which yeah to me is, like a, is a huge positive. flying leaps yeah. and stuff like that like yeah. i love that kind of stuff totally yeah. I'm, yeah. Ass- I'm assuming none of us looked up any of the leaks for the story no. that i haven't right? no. okay i haven't either i just was wondering like does anyone know something that uh, other people don't on this call or has no, seen any of the reactions not. to the to what's gotten out no, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to know. I want to. I want it to happen in real time because, like, I I do get super engaged by rock steady stories. Like, they're comic book stories, admittedly. You know, I'm not feeling the same emotions I'm feeling when I'm playing The Last of Us Part Two, but like, I always want to see what happens next. You know, like, I yeah. am very interested, and I and I'm hopeful that Suicide Squad will have that element and kind of surprise us, where it's like you're gonna want to see what happens next. Yeah. I'm with I'm with all of you on that. Like I I also recently replayed the Arkham series. I felt the itch, and I'd never played Origins. And Origins oh, cool. is incredible and so underrated. Like I think what what with what they had to work with with new voice actors and a different kind of story and a prequel story, it's still really fantastic. Um, I'm curious, how does the Arkham Collection run on Switch? It seems like it would run fine because it's a 360 game. Right, so I played City exclusively, uh-huh. and it was solid. Yeah, right. It's not running at sixty, but sure. it's like it's solid. And then what I've seen of Arkham Knight from other folks has been like, stay away. Okay, like it, don't that bother. Makes sense. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that makes sense to me. But like, yeah. even if, but I, I haven't touched it to be clear. I haven't. I had because I, yeah. I stayed away. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Arkham Asylum is my favorite in the trilogy just because it's so close to a Metroidvania. Yeah, it's such a tight experience, and I feel like that'll run perfectly on Switch. So I could buy the whole collection just for that. Um, but I'm with you. Like, I love their storytelling. I think it's some of the best depictions of these villains and characters. Also, I want to play Kill the Justice League just because it's Kevin Conroy's last role, right? Like, it's a big yeah, deal to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up with Kevin Conroy. He's my voice of Batman. And so, like, for him to reprise that role so much later after he's passed because they, of course, recorded those lines so so long ago, like, that's exciting for me to get to see the, his last version of Batman and what that's yeah. like as, a, like, a villain sort of a thing. So, yeah, I... I like Destiny, I I go off and on with. I love their storytelling, but I'm like like you guys. Like I can't keep up with life service stuff. I already have enough jobs that are like like games that are like jobs. I don't want a game that's like a job. Uh, and so if this can like dif- differentiate itself from the life service stuff enough that like the story is solid and the gameplay is solid, that could be enough for me. Um, but I have to imagine the story is solid regardless of anything else because Rocksteady never misses when it comes to story. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. I wonder how much, because I, I don't think it's, and this is me, like, maybe not being totally aware, but I don't know if it's as much of a live service game as people make it out to be, because it's, like, it's it's always online, even if you're playing single player, and then it's got a battle pass that only has optional cosmetics, and that's, that's like, it. So I don't, I think beyond that, though, I don't think it's as, like, as much of a live service thing as even, like, Destiny is, because it's, like, well, what do you do after the... Like I'm curious to see, like when you beat that campaign, what do they do to make you want to yeah. keep playing in that world? Like once you have killed the Justice League, 
maybe uh, <laughs> like, then what it's like are there events where it's like all oh, right now fix metropolis <laughs> yeah i mean the thing the thing that sort of scares me away more than the microtransaction stuff because you're right marcus like they have they haven't shown a lot of that stuff and they when people reacted so poorly to it they they kind of retreated into a hole and did something i don't know what they've been doing for the last few months in response to that but it was it seemed like they were sort of receding to be like we're gonna we're gonna address some things here yeah, they but said the, it would be more bug and polish stuff like it wasn't like we're gonna take this stuff yes out. Yeah. yeah but the thing that's sort of more so than that the thing that kind of makes me like raise an eyebrow is just looking at the gameplay i mean it's just it's a shooter you know you're fighting waves of enemies and stuff like that you know we'll see but that that's the thing that sort of is is less interesting to me it's like is is that there there's like you're you're in a big you're in a big arena. There's like three other real life players with you, and you're fighting waves of enemies. It's like that's not. That's, I don't love that. You know, got to deal um, with loot. Like, okay, let me see what chess piece I'm gonna put on Harley yeah, Quinn. This is yeah, better than so, what she has. <laughs> but but I'm going in optimistic. I'm going yeah. in with like I want this to be good, and I and I hope it Same. is. You know, cool. Um, well, up next, a uh, Helldivers two. Just want to shout that out. Oh, Alex. By the way, real, before you move on, I'm gonna duck out. For this episode i've got a, a previous engagement um so matt is great to podcast with you even you too. even briefly yeah um and uh alex and marcus you guys are all right i guess <laughs> yeah. yeah kyle <laughs> what's your most anticipated game of 2024 oh, oh geez good question um yeah i think you said in the last episode actually what did i what did I say <laughs> I <don't remember. laughs> was it final fantasy final fantasy oh actually no i think you said prince of persia I mean, it probably because it's so close. Yeah. I can taste it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. I right think there. you said Prince. Oh. Yeah, and I do. Th- I and I am sort of taking this opportunity to. This is going to be my prop. If 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 uh, Gaiden, the man who erased his name, was like dipping my toe in, uh, like a Dragon Eight is going to be like, let's go in. Let's jump into the d- deep end. Let's nice. do it. So I'm kind of looking forward to that experience. Um, but yeah, beyond that, it's a lot of vague stuff that like is tough to to pinpoint that I don't know if I have like a singular with a bullet one that I'm really excited about. Cause like a lot of the games that I'm really excited about are ones that are just sort of still kind of vague, you know, like Hellblade two and stuff like that. And like fable, you know, like I don't really know when that's going to exist, you know, all the Kojima stuff in <laughs> general, <laughs> you know? So yeah, tough to pick one, one specifically, but yeah, like in terms of like the things I can see in front of me, like Prince of Persia, I, I I feel like I it got taken away from me. I played from the beginning. I played the first three hours, and I'm like, that's not fair. You guys can't do this to me. <laughs> Give so me I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to get back to that one. Uh, cool. Yeah. Well, we'll see you later, Kyle. See you guys. Bye. Bye. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. Kyle's gonna stand up, and he's gonna leave us behind. <laughs> up next, uh, I want to call out Plate Up. Yeah, it's coming out February fifteenth. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Before that, uh-huh. I, I real quick. I don't know if you've seen this game, but uh, Arzette, the Jewel of Faramore. No, I haven't heard of this. It's a game that is directly inspired by the CDI Zelda games. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah, oh. I saw the trailers for this. I do want to play this. Yeah, it's uh it's like it's what if the cdi games were good like it's the same graphic style and weird oh the developers we're, we're assuming called... that this game will be good also i well, guess we right, don't know yeah. but that's yeah. the pitch the, that's the pitch though. the developer yeah. is called cdi software yeah like but cdi you, yeah if you look it up it's got the 
weird animation, like the cutscenes from those Zelda games. Like if you ever look up the the, the CDI Zelda games, like Wands of, Wand of Gamelon or whatever they're called, um, and they're notorious for like the really creepy, like poorly animated cutscenes. Like this game emulates that with their cutscenes, and then the in-game stuff is pretty much almost directly like the same as the the CDI games, but I yeah. guess plays better, <laughs> yeah. presumably. Um, yeah, the pitch so yeah. is like side scroller, but like better controls, better combat, kind of a thing. Better pizza, better pizza. Yeah, <laughs> yes, important. But yeah, that comes out on, on on Valentine's Day. I just wanted to shout that out. It's just like a, a cool like oddity that is happening that I I want to I want to try out. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, after you clean up uh, the dishes on Valentine's Day, go to bed and wake up, and there will be a new dish waiting for you on February fifteenth. Wait, how did that happen? Play- plate up (laughs) (laughs) plate up uh i've been playing this i started playing it last uh in in 2023 on pc it's kind of it's it's like a um an overcooked style game but you're managing like front of house um back of house kitchen um you know you're really like designing the restaurant where you're putting the tables uh, and unlocking like new contraptions to help you run your restaurant more efficiently. It's up to I think four player co op. Uh, I've been playing it with uh, with some friends throughout the year, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's coming to like consoles uh, February fifteenth. So very much, um, very much recommend it. I almost put it on my top ten actually this this past twenty twenty three, but it came out in twenenty twenty two, so I didn't. Yeah, I, I very much recommend that one. Uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Anybody here excited for that? I feel like Matt, you might be. I so I really, I really like. Oh, we've had a Korok join us. Hello, little friend. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> we need to send that thing to space. Or something. Yeah, right. Attach a rocket <laughs> to it. Um, so I liked the original. I think it was on the DS. I think it was. I think it was a DS game. It's hard to remember. Um, but like, I don't know that this needed a remake. It was a fun little puzzle game. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to pick up this one day one. I like. The Mario vs. Donkey Kong puzzle games, there's been a few, but I, I don't know if I'm going to jump into this day one. But it is something that will be on my short list for like Switch games that I want. Um, there's a Switch game that comes out next month that I'm more excited for. Um, that's a new a new thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like a really good remake. Uh, I don't know how it controls, but like the graphics, it's got a nice little upgrade and stuff. So I mean, I think for those who have never played them, it'll be a great way to jump into the series for sure. Yeah, sure, I've yeah. never played them. Um, I think I always was curious about them. Like, I would read reviews for every one of them, but I, I always remember they would always get like middling-ish reviews. We're like, oh, it's good, but like not enough to me for me to go out and try it. So I, I'm looking at this sort of remake as like, okay, I'll, I think I'm finally gonna as like as a big Mario and Donkey Kong fan, this is maybe the biggest like sub series that I just have not touched at all from those characters. So I, I think I'm gonna dive in with this one uh, you know assuming it's good i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh another game that we're assuming is going to be great uh skull and bones are we comes out. are we no we're, no we're we're not we're not <laughs> i mean it's I mean, finally coming it. out at least you know that's I, yeah, we'll I, see I, I won't believe it until i see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah february 16th I mean, what can you say about this game? I mean, this was what the umpteenth delay because it was supposed to come out last. Like it was dated last oh, year. It yeah, was you guys to come in out your like co- fall. Didn't, didn't you have the we, date in your cover story originally? We did, or it got dated right after the cover okay. story. But yeah. it, it was like close. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it was 
updated for like I don't remember like fallish or something, yeah. and then it got pushed. So like that's why I'm saying like yeah, it's got a date, but it did before, <laughs> so I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> um, it feels like it's it, this is like the Microsoft Activision acquisition of like I'll be glad to not talk about this game anymore. Once <laughs> right, it comes like out. it'll be done. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like we're finally under its side, and unless it winds up being amazing, like I feel like if it like that's the biggest story, right? Like, this comes out and it's like holy crap, this is one of the best games ever. Because if it comes out, I feel like everyone's expecting it to be at best average. Right. If I if I'm taking the temperature of the industry, everyone's like, okay, it's gonna come out. We're gonna play it. We're gonna be like, eh, and then move on and forget this thing existed. But like, if it comes out and is good, <laughs> then yeah. it's like, oh man. Then yeah. we talk about it for like another year or so, right? Uh, I've played it. Have, have you? Have uh, you either gotten to play like any of the closed betas no. or stuff? I've had no interest. <laughs> okay. I, I had to play it just because I it was honestly vindication because my I think my first E3 or either my first or my second, they was like when they first announced it and they had it playable on the show floor. And I remember watching it, but like not getting in line to play it. And for some reason that's haunted me because back when this game seemed like vaporware, I was like, man, I wish I had played it just to say that I played Skull and Bones <laughs> yeah. at some point. Um, so I, when I beta came, I was like, okay, I have to play this to see if this is a real game. And uh, it was like, fine. Like it plays fine. Uh, that's all I can say. Like it's, it's like enjoyable to an extent, but it didn't like blow my socks off, but it's also like the early game. So who knows? So like, I don't know based on what I played, what else the game could do to put it over that level. Cause it was, it, it almost felt like the game showed its hand early of like, yeah, you can, you pilot ships, you blow up other ships in a big open ocean. And then you land, sometimes you land on islands and run around, but largely you're in a, in a ship. And it's not like Sea of Thieves style where you're like, you know, you're controlling individual athletes. Like you're just steering. It's basically like driving a car with a gun. Like, it, it, like, honestly, it's almost it may as well be open world twisted metal, but with boats. Cause you're just driving a boat that has guns and you're just shooting at the other boats that have guns. I mean, that's sort of an optimistic pitch. Sort but of. But it's also like you're controlling a boat. So you're not like, you know, it's not as maybe moment, the moment fun in terms of like a high speed kind of a way. You're like, sure. well, I got to better drop these sails. I can turn around this Island and not crash into the rocks, <laughs> but, but it is more arcadey than, than maybe people might assume it is. But yeah, I, is it weird to say like I I, I don't want to be a person that reviews it, but no. uh, <laughs> but but I also want to know how it is when it comes out. But is anyone else going to be either you two going to be rushing to check this out? I no, don't think you guys so. Want to no. exercise that ghost? <laughs> no, I like it, it. Looks like I like the idea of it, but I don't know. I just. I don't like vehicle combat games as much as I used to. I find driving in games actually to be kind of onerous. It's why I've liked a lot of the superhero games where you can kind of web swing or glide or whatever else, like non-traditional traversal. Uh, but also, I don't know, just it's one of those games where like of all the games coming out in February, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the biggest one yet at the end of the month. Like I'm not spending the 60 bucks on this one. This is a weird question, but would either of you have pegged Skull and Bones to come out before Beyond Good and Evil 2? Because they were announced around the same time. Originally, no, but now, yes. Because Beyond Good and Evil Two is never coming out. But, <laughs> but, uh, but originally, I don't know that I would have pegged it that way. But here we are. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a Beyond Good and Evil team because they're still working on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, allegedly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, when we went for our Assassin's Creed Mirage cover story, it was like, uh, here's this team's here, and also there's some. T- some people are working on, you know, 
Beyond Good and Evil 2 here, you know, that kind of thing. Like, they still got developers on it. Um, so one person is modeling page to pig as we speak. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. S- somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, what a weird campaign. Too. They, they had that whole, what is it, like press record campaign yeah. or whatever it was called? Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think well, he knows if the game's still being worked on? No, should, should we no be idea. reaching out to him? Yeah, right, get him on the yeah, for comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's going on with that man? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I promise I'm not bored. I didn't sleep very well last night. I was up playing World of Warcraft Classic way too late, uh-huh. and then I had to. Then I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm not on break anymore. I have to actually wake up and go to work." <laughs> yeah, but honestly, uh, I not to sound overly. I hope Skull and Bones is good. I hope all yeah. video games are good. I'm right, not like rooting for this game to fail. It's just that with everything that's happened, it's just. It's hard not to be skeptical or even maybe a realist <laughs> to yeah. some degree. Of yeah. Yeah. Speak for yourself. I want every game I don't play to be bad. Right. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> so, you're, you're the true villain of the podcast, Alex. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Yeah. I root for people's livelihoods to be to be crushed. Um, real quick, on February 22nd, I do want to shout out Nightingale. It's a shared world, shared world survival crafting game. Uh, that I'm really looking forward to. It's got a lot of horror elements to it. Not so much as like Sons of the Forest, which also hits 1.0 later in February. On the same day, actually, Sons of the Forest hits 1.0. Another multiplayer crafting game. Yeah. Um, I think we pointed, I, I don't know if you just said it, but this is the early access launch for yeah. Nightingale. Correct. Yeah. yeah, not, yeah. not the full launch. Yeah. Yeah. So Nightingale will be hitting uh, early access February 22nd. Kind of like, uh, I don't necessarily love the theme of it. Um like the the like colonial requisition like uh sort of that sort of vibe to it uh but like a lot of the monsters and um and like the the way that they've integrated like almost like steampunk adjacent like not steampunk but like they've got like giant like uh uh what are those things called blimps um oh, like and a, stuff like in the sky yeah, Zeppelin. Uh, I'm excited to see how that stuff plays and like how how that interacts with like the the crafting system and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 interested in that game. I want to see I want to see uh, what it does. Uh, like I said, uh, same day, Sons of the Forest. It's 1.0. Oh, I want to shout out uh, Open Roads too, which is another long lost game. That's the uh, well, I guess they're not Fulbright technically anymore. But yeah. it's, or it's like, or at least that team that is working on open roads is not, it's now they're just called open roads team. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a game that was announced the game awards, like I think 2020 or something like that. But you know, that the sort of like narrative adventure with the, the mother and daughter on a road trip and bonding and, and, you know, doing mother daughter stuff that looks cool. Like I, I've enjoyed Fulbright. So like I liked gone home and I liked uh, Tacoma. So I've been, like I've had my eye on this one. Obviously, the stuff with Steve Gaynor and all that stuff has thrown a huge monkey wrench into this game's <clears throat> developing, which is why it's taken as long as it has. I actually recommend uh, Kim Wallace. Yes, uh, while well, she still worked here, had a great feature uh, that went up July 2022. It's called "A New Destination: How Open Roads Changed Direction and Saved Its Turbulent Road Trip." Yes, uh, and and Kim talked to the remaining folks at Fulbright about how they kind of coped with uh, the controversy surrounding the studio after uh, the co-founder, Steve Gaynor, stepped down after uh, toxic workplace allegations. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I recommend that feature by Kim. Really worth reading. Yeah, I feel like it, this game also, because it got a release date, but I that first trailer or the trailer, the most recent one announced release date, I, I think that was like, what, the second ever trailer for it outside of the announcement. So I feel like I still don't have a sense of like what the game is moment to moment <laughs> outside of the 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 narrative premise, which is, I guess, kind of exciting, but then also just kind of like, I don't know if worrying the word I want to use. It's just, it just feels like I should know a little bit more about what the game is now that it's this close. Um, but I, I'm going to play it just again because I've enjoyed this, the studio's previous works. But yeah, I just wanted to call that out since that's one that's was in danger of almost never seeing the light of day, it seemed like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I do really also. These are all the same day, by the way. Yeah. Um, maybe my most anticipated game of the year also comes out February 22nd. Uh, it's up there. Uh, and I've played this Pacific drive. Yes. Yeah. Which is the, um, vehicle based survival game, like crafting, uh, survival game. What a cool press. It dude, it's so good. I, I played it at PAX East last year and I, I was already like really looking forward to it. Uh, and I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, I remember you were telling all of us at East, like, you've got to go play this game. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, you were really psyched on it. So I've I've watched a lot of videos on it. It looks really cool. It does really look like a cool idea. Yeah, like, you you control, like, a you're driving a station wagon in, like, the Pacific Northwest, like, like Washington State, it looks like. And, like, all this weird supernatural stuff is happening. And, like, you have to, like drive your your station wagon through this forest but you have to upgrade the station wagon like it's got a bit of the um you guys play like a uh, far loan sales or like the the sequel for you it's like you and your vehicle it, it's kind of the two characters and you're just upgrading your vehicle to get you over all these obstacles it's kind of got that vibe but mm-hmm. like if it was first person but then also spooky yeah yeah, it looks yeah a little bit. It looks really neat. Yeah, I didn't get to play it at PAX, but I've watched a lot of like um, previews and stuff, and it does seem like a really cool idea. It's one of those games that like I wouldn't necessarily have thought to play it, but then after seeing other people hype it up, I'm like, oh, this could be like a new thing to try. I was just talking about how I don't really love driving driving vehicles, but this seems to like really make it important in a way that'll be really interesting as opposed to just driving around a city like in a Grand Theft Auto or something. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I. Highly recommend people uh, wishlist this one. I uh, I was really, really stunned by it. Really good game. Um, a really good preview, I should say. Uh, jury's still out on on full thing. But uh, uh, man, we're almost through February. <laughs> Jeez. It's the most stacked month so it is, far. Yeah. Uh, February 28th, we've got Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons remake, um, which was announced at the Game Awards which is looking pretty good because I, I never played the first one, uh, the neither. first version of it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's really good. I, it's yeah, it's another game like it. where it's like, I think I will replay this one, but it's another game like Last of Us where it gets really heavy and it and it, and it ends on a heavy note where it's like, okay, yeah. I think, but uh, it's been 10 years. Like, I think enough time's passed <laughs> where I'm ready to, to get back in there and do this again. Yeah. I'm most curious about the two-player co-op because the... The unique thing about that game was that you played as the two brothers, but it was a single player game where each brother was controlled by one of the analog sticks. So you were steering them simultaneously to solve all these interesting puzzles. And now they're doing a thing that I think a lot of people thought the game would be 10 years ago of like, oh, you could just play co-op and have somebody just control a brother, which I kind of want to try. I I wonder if that'll take away from the experience a little bit, but I mean, probably not. It's just such a, it's such a weird thing. Like, oh, they're, 
they're actually treating it like a regular co-op game now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to play that thing. And uh, I've heard so many good things about the original and uh, it was always on my list of things to play. And I just, you know, there's just so much to do. Um, so I'm excited to try to check that out. Um, same day, Star Wars Dark Forces Remastered comes out. Probably going to skip that one, but I do look back on like that era of Star Wars games fondly. Yeah, I mean, I love the original game. I haven't played it in a very long time. But I'm a, it was N64, right? Yeah, uh, NPC yes. or no? Uh, NPC. Okay, yeah, NPC, it was N64 yeah, yeah. NPC. Um, like, I mean, I've loved all of the re-releases. I played Kotor for the first time last year or two years ago uh, on the Switch, and it was great. Um, and yeah. so, shout like, out to Night Dive. Yeah, Night Dive Studios. Yeah, been killing it with these remasters. So, like, I, I'm glad more people get to play it. I, I don't know that I'll get it the day it comes out, but I'll probably eventually make the Switch my Star Wars machine and just pick up another one of these great remasters on no, it. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Next one, probably collectively amongst the Game Informer audience, as I know it, as I understand it, this is probably the most anticipated game of the year. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth hits PlayStation 5 on February 29th. Our cover story. Yeah, our cover story, our current cover story. We've got so much stuff over at GameInformer.com slash FF7 Rebirth, I believe. I'm double checking the URL. That is correct. And uh, we've, we've got Brian put up so many stories over the holiday break. Uh, we talked. He talked to them. He, a lot of interviews. We did. I actually I can say we I was in the room with him for all the interviews. <laughs> <laughs> um but um, we, we talked to them uh, about so much stuff, and I know we ran through it a couple episodes ago, but I would really recommend going because Brian's a Final Fantasy sicko, and he's got some great stuff up on the on the website, uh, a lot of interviews and pullouts, talking about uh, Cat Cheese Combat um, or Kate Sith. I'm not um, doing this again. We did this yeah. so many years ago. It's like Eris and yeah. Aerith. Like, I've, I've had enough this game. And it's catchy. Um, I don't know. That tweet that Square sent. <laughs> uh, yeah stay, stay tuned for our rapid fire because we asked that question nice although i think i already said the results of that uh on, on a couple episodes ago about how they're handling the big Aerith scene and like obviously they're not telling us everything but uh a lot of the philosophy behind it um and all that kind of stuff so go check all of that stuff out if you want to learn more about rebirth but i want to hear from you two uh I, I assume you're you're looking forward to it yeah uh i final fantasy 7 is until recently was my favorite final fantasy game of all time nine beat it when i uh played it on the switch a few years back uh and blew me away but seven is still one of my favorites um i'm happy that my boyfriend comes back vincent is in this this part two and he's my favorite one of my favorite video game characters i i'm cautiously optimistic about all of it like i loved remake i love that they changed the story i'm not going to spoil the ending or anything but i love that it's like what if we tweaked the timeline a bit what if we made this not what you expected and like i love that kind of storytelling like i love when things get timey-wimey i'm a big doctor who fan and so like when things kind of don't go the same route that they used to uh i, I like that that's the whole big hook of this is that yes we're remaking one of your favorite games from your childhood we're also remaking it we're, we're changing it and like I had friends who bristled up against the changes, but I think it's brilliant. I don't want to re-experience the same story again. I want something new. And they're also like this, like all of the other worlds, multiverse stuff. Like I love all that stuff too. And knowing that this could exist in the same world and also like a lot of remakes, it gives you a reason to play both versions. Right. And so uh, I'm really excited for this. I I'm curious where it'll end because like, 
the ending was pretty clear and they were pretty open about it with the first one, right? That it's going to end when you leave Midgar. Like we pretty much knew that by the time the game came out. I have no idea where this ends. Did this end in the City of Ancients? Do we go beyond yeah, that? Yeah, oh, they did, did say, they did say that. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. So then like, it's so weird to talk about a game that's so old and yet I still don't want to spoil stuff. But like, I'm just curious how they handle the City of Ancients, right? Because like, yeah, anything they do will upset someone and yet I'm here for all of it. Like, make it as weird as possible or as different as possible in my opinion but i'm curious also also if it's the same as seven then it's another game that marcus and i i feel will be crying to probably uh <laughs> it's gonna be worse this time because now they're the characters are fully voiced and have like better established personalities <laughs> so yeah. i like them yeah. more. <laughs> yeah so yeah <laughs> yeah i'm um I, I don't know what else i could say about this game that i haven't said already other than just like i'm super excited for it i too love final fantasy 7 i really liked remake for the same reasons that matt just mentioned i like that they're taking chances and taking swings is like if i wanted that story again i'll, I'll just replay seven um so like get 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 wild see you know <laughs> not every not every change is probably gonna hit but i i, I appreciate that they're doing stuff and i just want to know what zach's doing there that's yeah. my biggest question mark like yeah. what, is, what is that all about i have a theory that i'll share with you guys off air just because i don't want to like i don't want to throw it out into the world uh because it 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 is relies on the spoilers of actual seven but like i have some theories of what might happen there uh just because i think it'd be wild to do uh but yeah i i i, I agree marcus i think this is going to be it may not be my game of the year but it's definitely going to be up there as like one of my most anticipated for sure. I'm only the only thing I'm stressed about is trying to get through what will likely be a giant game in like a dragon infinite wealth before this other giant yes. RPG comes out. Correct. <laughs> there are too many. Yeah. There are so many giant RPGs with dates already in 2024. It's obnoxious. Yeah, especially if you're also. Oh yeah, and Persona Three. Yeah. Yep, and one we haven't gotten to yet that I'm real is my game of the year already. I've decided so. Like, yeah, (laughs) preemptively. Preemptively, yes. (laughs) Well, let's get into March because I think I might be as excited for March as I am February. Yeah. uh, Based on what's coming out, Uh, March fifth, the Outlast Trials comes out. uh, If you're looking forward to that, Um, March seventh, As Dusk Falls comes out. Which we reviewed back in uh when did we review that? Uh it was twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty two. Or twenty twenty two? What's twenty yeah, was it yeah, last year? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. now that it's a new year, time is weird. I know. <laughs> Everything I know, gets yeah. pushed back a year. Um <laughs> But uh are, it's coming to PlayStation consoles. Yeah. Are you just March calling that 20. out because you're the star of the game? Yeah. I mean you're you know, in I gotta it. get my gotta get my residuals, you know? Yeah. My it is royalties. A good game, but I, I did like it. Yeah. I've never played it. <laughs> Wait, what? You no, I never played it. And no. to be clear, for new listeners, I am not actually in the game. No. But the main character looks like me. it broke our group um, chat. Like literally, yeah, scarily yeah. lost scarily our so. minds. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is not me. I don't know the person, but wow, is he handsome? <laughs> uh, Unicorn Overlord comes out March eighth. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Looks really cool. Yeah. I yeah, like that's the, I like vanilla wear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh devs behind 13 Sentinels um in Dragon's Crown and all that, but um it looks really cool. I mean, it's got that that vanilla wear, really gorgeous art style. Um I'm god. Again, I don't know how we're going to play this on top of all the other RPGs coming out. Um but best title 
of 2024. I actually I like the it's title. A good title. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Unicorn pretty... Overlord. It's like, all right. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I don't know what else to say other than that. Outcast, a new beginning. I thought I, that said Outlast for a second. That's why I called it out. Uh, it's THQ North. <laughs> don't, don't know much about it. Did you guess, do the uh, thing where you, when you go out and you think you see your friend and you wave to them and then you... <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Oh, that's, yeah, it's no, not my friend and yeah. I got to pretend that I care about this person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Outcast. <laughs> Does anybody care about Alone in the Dark parentheses 2024? No. Yeah, to be fair, that's not the title. I just, when I made the skew... There's, they already rebooted Alone in the Dark in 2008, oh, no. so you can't just there's, call it Alone in the Dark. There's three Alone in the Dark games that are just called Alone in the Dark. The original, <laughs> yeah. Then this, the remake that the previous remake, and now this one. So yeah, yeah. Which I guess they're building as a reimagining. They're, I guess, in the in the Final Fantasy remake style of it is retelling that first game's story and in the same settings, but you know it's a third person. Like, like it's 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 Resident Evil Four style, like third person over the shoulder survival horror. Because for those that don't know, Alone in the Dark, one of the forefathers of survival horror pre-Resident Evil, um, actually established uh, quite a few of the conventions that Resident Evil then took and ran with. But like, uh, it's also got uh, some celebrity juice with uh, David Harbour and, um, oh lord, the the female lead. Her her name just escaped me, but, you know, David Harbour of Stranger Things fame is one of the dual protagonists. And I, I got to preview it uh, last year, uh, and it looks it looks like it could be cool. As someone that has never played Alone in the Dark, but has always you know respected its legacy, this seems like a good way to sort of experience that first game in a modernized way. I, I hope it's I hope it's as good as it looks. Like I do have my eye on it, just as a as a survival horror fan. Sure, yeah. Probably my actual most anticipated game, I think. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2. Yep. Comes out March 22nd. This is my preemptive game of the year. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like many sickos during the era of Waypoint and the word of Austin Walker and Patrick Klepek, uh constantly talking about this game and then wout of the hashtagonist fame on Twitter all. Yes. Like, never shut up about that first game. And so when it finally came to Switch, I played it and I drank the Kool-Aid. Like, I loved, it was my one of my favorite games that year. It's one of my favorite RPGs ever made. And when we finally got an announcement for the sequel, I lost it. Like, I just, I'm so ready to go back to this world and style of gameplay. All of the trailers look dope. All of the gameplay looks great. It's in that RE engine yeah. as well. And like the pawn system is like gorgeous. The pawn system is one of the coolest RPG systems for like companions and stuff. And like, I just, I can't wait. Like, and you, you could get up to some stuff in that original game. And so I'm really curious what they can pull off in this new one. Like it seems unlikely that it'll be bad considering the pedigree, but like, I'm, I'm so stoked for it. I cannot wait. Yeah. Action RPG. Oh yeah. I never played the first and it's one of my biggest like piles of shame games. Like I remember <laughs> playing the demo when it first came out and I'm like, oh, this seems cool. Like you're climbing on this weird griffin thing and stabbing <laughs> it. Uh, but then just never got to it. I have the um the Dark Arisen yep. version of it on Switch. That's the one I played, yeah. And I've always looked at it as like, okay, this will be the one I play, and maybe I'll still fire it up before this this comes out. Um, but that seems unlikely. But <laughs> I'm glad that this will like realistically this will be my my first jump into dragon's dogma which i've again i've always looked at it as like a, an admirer from afar of like that seems like something i would 100% be down with if i had the time everything i've seen of it looks cool and i 
as someone that like cares about story a lot, I'm glad that this isn't necessarily a story sequel. Like from what I understand, it's like running parallel to the first game's story. So I don't maybe need to be as caught up on Dragon's Dogma lore, though. Though, man, like, is does Dragon Dogma have a good story? I never hear anyone talk about the story, just how cool combat and the world is. But no one ever goes like, man, well, it's kind what of a like great a great story. Isn't it like uh, kind of like it's all about like the player emergent, right? Like, yeah, of, yeah. It's, yeah. Is it good? I mean, I, I like the story. It's it's fairly typical fantasy, I think. But like the major beats, like how dragons are these kind of evil creatures that manipulate people and how it's not a spoiler, but the, the dragon takes your heart early in the game and turns you into this like risen, this being that's like fighting to get his effectively his soul back. Um but I think it's the smaller narratives that are really interesting. Like the fetch quests are really like, it's just, it's an interesting world to be steeped in, in a similar way that like Skyrim back in the day, like the overall story of Skyrim is fine. It's cool, but like it's the moment to moment stuff that really made that world sing. Same with like fable and some other games like it. And I think this is another one of those kinds of games where the overarching story is really cool and confronting the dragon and all of that stuff. And even stuff that happens after credits, there's like a whole other section, like post game story. That's all really cool. But I think it's mostly the world and being in the world that makes it really interesting i'm curious to see how the narrative is in this one because it's been so many years since if it'll be more at the forefront or if it'll still kind of be the world is the story and you're just kind of moving through it okay i was wondering if i was like missing something no no i don't think there's it's not the same kind of like deep narrative that you would get from like some of the best written stories but i think that's not the point of a game like this it's the adventure it's the kind of journey part of it that's i think the big pull at least that's that's how i uh enjoyed it okay I'm excited. I'm uh man. I was looking at at trailers while we were talking. Super excited. Princess Peach Showtime, March twenty second. Yeah, same Switch. day. Same. Oh, One God. of three big games coming out the twenty yeah. second. Yeah, I mean, we really don't know much about this game yet, right? I mean, it was previously but it like looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it's unclear what the moment to moment gameplay is but clearly you're like putting on costumes is almost like putting on jobs to like do different things i'm curious yeah all set within like this theater yeah stage package it's got like a y'all remember puppeteer that platformer from like 2013 on playstation wow yeah yeah Yeah. that's kind of what it reminds me of a little bit it's got that vibe yeah it, it, it i think it's a platformer it but like i'm just happy that like we're getting a new franchise, a new IP for Princess Peach. Super Princess Peach was such a bad game. I'll refrain from bad language, but like you controlled her by controlling her emotions. We control women by them. It's so dumb. And like this, yeah, I, I was like, I thought it was a good platformer with a bad premise. Yeah. Of like mechanically, this is fine. It's just the way you presented it is not great. But like this one, like it gives Princess Peach agency, which she had also in Super Mario RPG, which just got a remake. Like, it shows her as the adventurer. She's kind of always been in the background of a lot of games. And like, I'm really excited to see something different. Luigi's Mansion to this day is one of my favorite Nintendo properties ever. And it was also a gamble by giving Luigi his own debut game on the GameCube. Like who wants to play as Luigi? Me, me. I want to play as Luigi. Uh, <laughs> and this seems like it's going to be another one of those where like they could launch a whole nother franchise. And even if it's not, even if it's a one-off, like I'm glad that other Nintendo character, like Yoshi's had his own games, Wario, of course. Like I'm glad that Princess Peach is finally getting another game of her own, and that it seems like it's going to be something really cool. My fear is that 
My fear slash suspicion is that this is going to be the Captain Toad treasure tracker of yeah, the Switch. Yeah. Of like, they took a character. So, and made a it really awesome cool. game. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. love yeah. Cap. I've, I you, literally I'm one of the biggest Captain Toad fans out there. When I see him in other Mario games, I get so happy and then sad because <laughs> it's like you should you should have had like two more games by now. Yeah, um, totally. But, and I'm wondering like, is this like going to be that of like this comes out, it's really cool and inventive, and then we never get another one. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's always the worry about Nintendo. I'm still waiting for a new Wario platformer. Uh, yeah, there it is. But like, yeah, I recently was playing the Switch it again. version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Captain Toad is great. See, no, I yeah. played on the Wii U. I was an OG. You're an OG. Just saying. You were one of the three people who had a Wii U. So yes, I, I bought in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying, Marcus. I I agree. It could just be a one-off, but still, like one if it's a fun one-off, it'll be worth revisiting. Um, but yeah, I, I I am curious what the moment-to-moment gameplay is. If it's a straight-up platformer, or if it's like more puzzly, I get the vibe that it might be more puzzly, but I don't know. Like it 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 Nintendo rarely misses with flagship stuff like this, so I'm optimistic. But I am still really curious about exactly what it is. But but I can't wait for it. Do you think Mario is kidnapped in this game? Have we seen? We haven't really seen what like what no what she's what the goal is. Like what is she after? There's like a new saving? villain and stuff. But yeah, they haven't said. I mean, that's the only thing I hope it's not because like Luigi's Mansion, Mario is captured. Like you know, so now Princess Peach, Mario is captured. Like it can just be about the character. It doesn't have to. We don't have to be rescuing another character in the universe (laughs) people got to stop getting captured i mean that's really the problem here (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) uh same day rise of the ronin comes out yes i do a lot of folks are looking forward to yeah in our upcoming issue i have a preview about that game where i got to talk to team ninja about it um it looks i'm more excited about that game after that preview now to know more about it, because, you know, they announced it before Wulong came out and it was kind of surprising. We're like, you know, they were pushing Wulong's like, oh, we're doing like our next sort of Neo game. And then also we got this other big action game, but that's going to be like way further down the line. Don't worry about it. But it looks cool. What I like about this is that it's a much more grounded game than what they're doing with Wulong. Like, Wulong and Neo are a lot more fantastical. You know, like, you're, like, summoning spirits and there's, like, demons and stuff. Whereas this is them doing sort of, like, a historical, like, drama where it's set in the um, uh, Bakamatsu period of, like, that tr- that transition from, um, <clears throat> like, the waning years of, like, feudal Japan, like, after, you know, Commander Perry in the U.S. came and basically ended... Japan centuries long of isolation and then that influx of Western culture came in and it was like this very turbulent period of of sort of restructuring that led eventually to the Meiji Restoration and and then into the empire that Japan became like more westernized empire. It's set like in one of those years where it's a lot of like turmoil across the country, like politically and, and societally, and you're playing this like Ronin who for somehow is kind of tied up in the larger like intrigue of everything. Um, but it's their first open world game. Cause like Neo and Wulong are more open hubs, <clears throat> but they're doing like, like this is more or less their Elden ring. Uh, like, you know, you're, you're, you got this, a sizable chunk of Japan. You can travel via like horseback or you got that. Wait, So it's like all, it's like an open world. It's straight up open world, like seamless open world. Oh, wow. Instead of like the hubs that they've done with the other, like, that's the cool. Stuff. Um, 
I know it's got like three major cities that you're going to visit. Um, yeah, uh, Yokohama, Kyoto, and Edo. Right. Which is Tokyo now. Yep. And you got that bird glider you can use to get around. You got a grapple hook like Sekiro style that you can use for traversal oh. as well as combat. Uh, the battle system, which I mean, you know, I, that's the thing I'm least worried about because this team ninja, like, will the combat be good? It's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. Of, that's probably that's kind of their, their bread and butter. Um, but the storytelling stuff and like the like it almost it's like them doing Assassin's Creed where there's like a bunch of historical figures you're going to encounter and like help out. Uh, I, I, I'm excited to see them do something like this. Like, again, an open world and also something that is based in reality and, and less fantastical. Uh, I think it looks like I think that could be a sleeper if it if it works out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that yeah it looks really cool it's wild that like essentially across three platforms although dragon's dogma is multi-platform but like across three platforms there are three solid games coming out on the same day is just kind of wild you know and especially two exclusives switch and ps5 like just kind of crazy to me but yeah uh rise of Ronin looks cool i like tim team ninja i don't know if it's gonna be a day one purchase but it's definitely one of those like this is an anticipated game that maybe i'll get to in december of next year like it's like my cleanup uh, because it looks really cool. Thankfully, yeah. I, I had to look it up. So I was like, what day does 22nd fall on? It's a Friday. So you get a full weekend yeah. to at least die. die. If, you, if you're a person that's going to buy both or all three of these games day one, at least you got the weekend to, <laughs> to spend some time with them. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, who could forget South Park Snow Day, the upcoming THQ Nordic joint. Hey, I, uh, that looks like... I, um, curious i'm morbid i'm morbidly curious yeah. yeah i mean i like south park this is a 3d four-player co-op game yeah. not an rpg no so, not no, Which no i no, think no, is no. the biggest bummer like yeah. i think everyone wanted another rpg yeah the last two it games reminds so me of good. like the old n64 games yeah because yeah, yeah. it's polygonal too like yeah. it doesn't look like it doesn't have like the show art style yeah uh, yeah but it's still yeah. the fantasy stuff that they did with like stick of truth yeah. where they're like LARPing basically. Uh so it's like it's got that DNA still. I that's kind of like a wait and see where like like cautious optimism, I guess. Yeah. I, I yeah, I think you're right. I wanted another RPG. That and the Fracture But Hall were both such excellent games. And I hadn't watched South Park in years and years when I played them, but like they still felt like old South Park that I watched when I was younger and also just kind of solid really solid RPGs. So this one yeah. being a completely different genre is curious but also matt stone and trey parker have been very involved in the games since that n64 game was so awful on the place bad playstation yeah. games like notoriously they got really hands-on after that because they wanted any new south park game to really feel like the show so we'll see yeah. um i do also want to shout out uh the developers question llc um which they made uh the blackout club yeah uh, which was a pretty cool game. Uh, and also the magic circle before that, which also was, I think like received pretty well. So like they are a studio that, um, that has worked on some interesting games that are generally very, uh, looked upon or remembered fondly. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a cool studio that's done some cool games, does some cool work. Maybe it'll actually be, Cool. I think the trailer just didn't do it a lot of justice, honestly. Agreed. Because it didn't really tell us what it was. Um, 
it was just kind it's of like snow oh, day. here's, here's 3d shiny 3d cartman and <laughs> and also i mean it could be like maybe question is working on this like uh like uh, as a you know maybe they're like contracting out some work while they're working on their own games internally you never know like like uh but but the fact that they're working on it uh i'm interested to see uh more about the game but yeah i'm 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 intrigued i'll say that <laughs> Let's jump to April. Uh, we're almost, you know, believe it or not, even though we're only in April, we don't know a lot about, we don't really know many release dates after April. Yep. Um, so we're kind of going to be rounding out the show here in a few. But uh, April 16th, Europa hits PC. Uh, this game I'm looking forward to. Uh, the publisher is Future Friends Games. Yeah, I played the demo uh, during our, our winter break. Did you? Yeah. How no. was it? It was fun. I, like, I was worried, like, the game, I mean, the game looks gorgeous. It's, it's very much like, has caught the attention of a lot of people. It's got um, a Ghibli studio Ghibli. Look yeah. But like, I, it was one of those games where I'm like, okay, is it going to be fun to play though? Or is it just going to be a looker, you know? Yeah. It seemed like it's a lot of uh, like open world sort of like platforming and traversal from what I play. Like you got yeah. this kind of jet pack and you're just kind of like jumping and flying around these kind of platforming puzzles. While yeah. like this narrative about like, Oh, we're on this because you play as like an Android boy, apparently. And then your creator, who's like your dad, quote unquote, is like leaving these journals. And that kind of ties together the backstory of like, hey, we left Earth for this other planet that you're on because we destroyed Earth because we are bad people. Uh, <laughs> and that seems that seems to be more or less the driving force stories like him, the, the robot boy exploring uh, Europa, I guess, the, the, the moon that they're on. It, it seems like there might be something there. Like I generally enjoyed myself but it's one of the things like i need to play more of it you know yeah i mean like also uh this is like i believe uh halter i think halter helder pinto is the name of the developer it's largely i believe produced by this i'm sure he's got a lot of help um through like freelancers and stuff but like this is like being pinned as like this is like a dude's game um and from what i can tell their first game uh, at least on Steam, like li- when they're listed as the, you know, the, the, the creator. So I, I guess I'm just curious, uh, you know, what comes with this. But I, I like some of the games that Future Friends puts out. Um, like they put out that, um, or they, they haven't put it out yet, but it's on my wish list. Uh, Laysara, the Summit Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, that looked cool. Gordlitz, um, the Block. If anybody played that, it's like a, uh, uh, a little small city builder game. Um, so interesting publisher, uh, really cool that it's like a, a small team that typically means like more of a cohesive vision, you know, uh, hopefully it's a good one. Um, I'm excited to see more, uh, April 23rd, Ayudin Chronicle hundred heroes. Are you looking forward to this, Matt? Yeah. Are you Ayudin? Yeah. This is a big one. So, um, at PAX East, not, not 2023, but I think 2022, I got to play Ayudin Chronicle Rising, which was like this side-scrolling game created in the universe, um, which was excellent. And like, I'm a big Suikoden sicko. So like the first three Suikoden games are some of my favorite video games ever. And this is in that vein, right? It's like, it's like more tactics-based. It's more like large scale. And this looks like it's... And I think some of the original creators of Suikoden worked on this game. Like, this studio is comprised of some of those folks. Um, 
And so I'm really excited for this. It looks really good. I mean, we're also supposedly getting Suikoden remasters slash remakes, though. I have no idea what the data on those are at this point. Um, but T- yeah, TBA. Yeah, that they were they were like <laughs> real gung ho about it, and then we hadn't heard anything. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll wait. But but this one looks really great, and I like the world they're building, and I liked the characters from the side scroller. It was a fun little action game. Nothing incredible, but like as a bonus, like preview, it was a lot of fun. And this one looks like it's going to be a bit another big ass rpg like we've got one a month and then some have two in one month it's like i just i don't know if i want to play anything but rpgs this year because there's so many of them <laughs> i don't think you'll be allowed to right it's just it's the rule <laughs> that's i'm gonna my podcast is gonna become an rpg podcast at this point which my co-host would there you be. go uh but yeah it it looks really good yeah yeah absolutely looks neat tales of kanzara comes out april 23rd we got a, a better look at that at the game awards um, I talked to uh, the creator, like the the original creator of the idea, the I guess the game director. Um, I know it's like a, he's he's got a whole team working for him. Is it the um, uh, the Bayek voice actor, the one that was on stage? Yes, yes. yeah, like yeah. the, yeah, the, the, the guy that uh, yeah he voiced Bayek in Assassin's Creed Origins, and mm-hmm. if you watch yeah. the Game Awards, he was the one on stage that gave the emotional speech about his dad. I think he goes yeah. by Abu um, Salim. Uh, Abu Bakar, Abu Bakar Salim, I believe, uh, is his full name. But people, I think, on I think I don't maybe Abu's name. I hear people calling him by that. But yeah, voice of Bayek um, in AC Origins. Uh, the last really nice job. guy. I'm I met him. I met him at uh, at the Critical Role party at um, Game Awards. He's a nice guy. Um, very passionate. Had a lot of knowledge. Uh, very. The, the kind of guy they're like oh yeah you're a game director like you you clearly have like a whole vision and of course like it's like inspired by um by not only bantu myth but also like his personal story of like his father and the loss there and it, it seems like a really cool game yeah um, like a side-scrolling sort of action game it looks metroidvania i think too yeah, yeah. right yeah. it looks cool yeah yeah uh definitely one to look at i think the art style is really strong too but uh that's april 23rd saga emerald beyond is this one of are you looking forward to this matt i've not played the saga series i have a few friends who are really into them but like me too yeah like it looks really cool um but it's not really on my radar i've wanted to dive into the saga series if this becomes a decent entry point maybe i'll play it later on in the year because there's so many others but it does look cool but yeah i don't i don't really have a skin in the game with that series april 30th braid anniversary edition comes out which i'm really looking forward to i remember buying yeah i remember buying braid in it was either the first or second ever humble bundle um and getting that uh machinarium there was a couple others yeah and just watching my friend play braid like into the night um but i never got to play it myself i was just like but it's like i have this like really fun memory attached to it uh, yeah. like spending a weekend at my buddy's house just watching him play braid yeah uh and i'm i'm gonna play this one yeah i've one of my biggest shame i've never beaten braid i yeah played yeah. it multiple times and i really like it and maybe i was too dumb in 2007 <laughs> when it came out even though i I've always enjoyed puzzle games but i would always get tripped up at a certain point and then just would fall off so I'm, maybe this will be the the time that i go back and like actually finish it because it's like for like how important that game is to what the indie scene, it's like I should 
I should finish this, but I don't know. It's a running thing, me not finishing Jonathan Blow game because I never, fe- I never beat the. Yeah. Either. <laughs> it's funny. I was at, uh, I was at Day of the Devs uh, last month uh, for the Game Awards edition of Day of the Devs, and I see Jonathan Blow walking around. I'm like, wait, is that Jonathan Blow? And I was like, oh yeah, Braid's coming out again. Yeah. And is I he totally doing a forgotten. line puzzle on a wall, and you're like, okay, that's <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Blow. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wait, because I've never seen him in person before. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, I know this guy from like interviews and like the indie game movie, of course. And I was like, oh, that's him. He's just right there. Oh, yeah. what's up? you should have okay. asked him about Soldier Boy. <laughs> well, oh, God. God. Like, what are your thoughts on Soldier Boy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with this reference, Marcus, but I'm going to look. Wait, have you not seen show. that clip? No. Oh, there's a really. Do you know what I'm talking about, Matt? No, I don't think I, I've seen this. <laughs> There's a, I think it's from Indie Game the movie. I don't remember. There was a clip of an E3 or a patch or something where Soldier Boy went and Braid was like just coming out, and like Soldier Boy and his crew are playing uh Braid, and the whole time Soldier Boy's like ripping on the game, saying like, "This, what is this game? It doesn't even, you can't do nothing." Like he's just saying yeah. like it was just like he just did not nah, get it basically, yeah. <laughs> and he's just him jumping into a pit and rewinding constantly, yeah, and being like, "Oh, what is this? This guy doesn't do anything." And for some reason, it's like a <laughs> somewhat viral clip so yeah you should ask Jonathan Blow by so if he Jonathan Blow's like crying about it right or something like that I don't know if he I don't know if I've ever seen him react Uh, I see a clip I'm seeing a clip on YouTube Jonathan Blow crying in the dark room about Soldier Boy I don't know if this is real or not (laughs) I was like I I mean if it's right I've never heard him reference or or anything like respond to it in any way so oh wait from Jonathan Blow's Twitter there's a tw- there's a quote about him. Say what you will about Blow. He's one of the only devs with a name who kept his house clean. Most controversial thing he ever did was become visibly frustrated with Soldier Boy. <laughs> but dude, that's it. And then Jonathan Blow replies, I didn't even do that. We liked the Soldier Boy video and thought it was great that a famous dude was getting a kick out of the game. The Soldier Boy slash Braid meme thing is a weird distortion based on a scene from the movie being kind of unclear slash easy to misinterpret. Okay. Gotcha. Got it. There you go. Soldier Boy, wow. John the Blow, best friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, apparently, yeah. 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 They're making maybe games they're, together. Maybe it'll be a cameo <laughs> in the anniversary edition. <laughs> <laughs> you replaced the little boy with Soldier Boy. Yeah, a Braid is one of those games that felt ominously missing from the Switch, which is like my indie machine these days. Like I have Castle Crashers on it, like all of these Xbox three like Xbox 360 and Xbox Live was like the way I discovered indies back in the day, and I think a lot of us. And like Misplosion Man's on Switch, you know, Castle Crashers, a bunch of these, but like Braid, one of the earliest indie games, wasn't. And so I was like, where is, why haven't they re released Braid? So I'm excited that it's coming out. I'm definitely going to pick it up. I loved the original game. I don't know that I ever finished it either. I have a habit of abandoning puzzle games, like at the slightest bit of conflict. Uh, (laughs) uh, Or if I can't find a walkthrough, because I love a good walkthrough, but, uh, but I want to I want to go back to Braid because I really remember liking it a lot, even though I don't know that I ever finished it. Man, so many games, <laughs> so many. Uh, side note: I started a a Notion spreadsheet um, where I'm going to be tracking all of my video games that I'm actively playing. Hell yeah! What is, what is a what is a Notion spreads? Notion is like a uh, an online tool. You can use it for I'm using it for free, um, but it's like um, you can do blogs with it. You can do um spreadsheets with it you can do um a lot of stuff with it yeah it's a um, project tracking it, software essentially like you can yeah, create projects yeah. in it and like create spreadsheets and articles and other stuff it's really useful uh 
but yeah, I'm glad yeah. you're talking so, about that shit. Do it. Yeah, yeah. let's. We're not get sponsored nerdy. by Notion, by the way. <laughs> no, we are not. But a funny anecdote: I was they have a they have like a featured video game organization list template that I downloaded, and I was like, oh, this is great. This has like a spot for my completed games and my notes and reviews about them. Hmm. Video game master list where I can track the games that like my backlog and the games I've beaten and just have an easy access to everything I own. Nice. Or I'm looking or want to play. And then I found out it's, it's, it was made by Jean-Luc from GameSpot. Oh, nice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, author Jean-Luc. I, I don't, this looks familiar. I clicked on it and it took me to his Twitter. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> so I, I tweeted him. I shout like, out to Jean-Luc. Yeah. Shout out to Jean-Luc uh, from GameSpot. Well, I guess the lat there's, I've got on looking at the, the, uh, the remaining games, we've got three on the list. I'm just going to read them out real quick. Uh, Destiny 2, The Final Shape hits June 4th. Uh, Black Myth Wukong hits August 20th. Both of those games having their own set of uh, controversies around them for obviously very different things. Uh, I believe Reb Valentine has um, very robust reporting on Black Myth Wukong. Yep. You should go read on IGN. Uh, and then Destiny 2 at this point, I think, has been well-documented on Game Informer uh, regarding layoffs uh, at Bungie and, and comments that have been made by Bungie leadership about staff and staff livelihood. Um, but both of those games are coming out. And then in September, Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine 2 is hitting uh, September 9th. And the rest is all to be announced, which we are an hour and 46 minutes into the podcast. I think we could do a part two on this maybe in the next week or two. Marcus, what do you think? And kind sure. of go through our, our highlights of the games that don't have dates yet. Yeah. That way we, we could also get Kyle back in. But real quick, is there are, am I missing any big game that the two of you really want to shout out as being like, this doesn't have a date, but uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, our header image for that is Sinua Saga Hellblade 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one I'm looking forward to that's coming out this year, maybe. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, kind of scrolling down the list. I mean, there's there's a few that stand out, but I guess sort of uh, gun to my head. I'm gonna pick oh Earthblade. I mean, that's one Earthblade, uh, Rise of the Golden Idol, sequel to the Case of the Golden Idol. I, I really like that game a lot. Um, there's a, a Hyperlight Breaker, early yeah. access yeah. at least. I think they've said they're gonna launch e- an early access. Yeah. Avowed, yep. Yeah. That's yeah. that's one I want to see more of and, and looks cool. I like I like Obsidian. Uh, what about you, Matt? So like the big ones for me, like really quick, Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. It's a uh, Gears of War like. The first game was incredible for what it was. It's a good game. I can't I, believe I, we're one getting of the few, one of only two 40k games I've ever beaten. <laughs> and I can't believe that we're getting a sequel. Like I remember buying that because I love Gears of War, and I was like, this game is great. This is so much fun. I love this world. And now we're getting a sequel. I couldn't. I, I'm just really stoked for that. Um, one that's not on this list because it was technically on last year's list, but still hasn't come out, which is Mina the Hollower. Um, I. I feel like it is has, that 2024. It, there's no date. They never give it. Date. Oh, okay. They never give a yeah. date until they give an actual release date. But like they've been working on it a while, and like 
I feel like it has to be coming out this year. I don't know. I just, I really, I mean, you all know, I love Yacht Club. Um, shout out to Celia over at Yacht Club. Like, I love those folks. And so I hope it comes out this year because I just want to play it greedily. Like, I want it for myself. Um, sure. But, uh, but I don't know if it's definitely coming out this year. So that's probably the biggest one that I can think of. Um, I mean, there's, there's a ton, oh God, I mean, you mentioned Earthblade before it does look really cool. I kind of really, really want to play that, but, um, Hyperlight Breaker also like, I, I, I like Hyperlight Drifter. I loved Solar Ash. Solar Ash is one of my all time favorite games. And so like the, I love that studio. Also like the big one for me, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is getting a remaster remake that doesn't have a date yet. And that's going to be a big one for me. I think those are kind of the biggest ones that I can think of. Yeah. Oh, can I shout out real quick? Baby steps. Oh that's yeah. That oh yeah. Really that's good. Ridiculous. Yeah. The uh, Bennett Foddy slash ape out. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Collaborate. That game looks. Yeah. Really, that looks really funny. Uh, the other one is, I want to see more from animal. Well, Oh yeah. Animal. Well looks really cool. And then like, um, what was the other one? I just saw plucky squire. Plucky squire looks like yes. it's such a me, a Matt storm stuff game. Uh, and so like, I'm, I'm really excited for that one, even though it doesn't have a release date yet. Cause it, the animation in that, like the trailers at least looks incredible. That gives me, for some reason, I think of tunic with that game. Like, sure. I feel like this, that's going to be a game that like has a lot more to it than I think people are expecting yeah. in the way that Tunic did. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the episode this week. Before we go, though, a little housekeeping. Don't forget to go and follow our lovely guest and podcast editor, Matt Storm at DJ underscore Storm again. Uh, don't forget to uh, go follow Marcus Stewart here at Marcus Stewart 7. And you can go follow Kyle's ghost uh, <laughs> at Kyle in Hilliard. You can follow me, Alex Van Aken at it's van aiken don't forget to go and grab a single issue a uh, single print magazine issue of game informer at your local gamestop or on gamestop.com slash game informer for 7.99 uh go follow us on twitch and youtube twitch.tv slash game informer we stream replay on fridays at 2 p.m central uh as well as youtube uh youtube.com slash game informer yeah. our new super replay kicking off this friday Oh, there we go. Awesome. We're playing from start to finish The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Nice. For the Which first time. Never played. Yeah. Never, yeah. Only biggest Zelda game I've never played as a Zelda fan. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, go listen to All Things Nintendo, which is our weekly Nintendo podcast hosted by Brian Shea. It releases on Fridays. Um, and I think that's going to be it for this week. Thanks, everybody, uh, for, for tuning in, listening, and watching, wherever you're watching this uh, or listening. Uh, we thank you for giving us your time. We hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, good luck on your New Year's resolutions. May you keep them at least until next week when we talk to you next Thursday. Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.